Hi, I'm Marcy. And I'm Akko. And welcome to the Color Pages Book Club, a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Yeah, colorful backgrounds. Almost as colorful as that 64-count Crayola crayon set Come with on. the sharpener in the back. You know, the one you all wanted. But our parents were like, who needs that many crayons? No, but honestly, like, I mean, I feel like our parents are like kind of right. Because, like, I mean, like... Like, like, what the fuck was, like, little Timmy going to do with, like, eight different shades of blue? Like, my nigga, you're three. Like, can we just... Um, but, you know, maybe little Timmy was a prodigy. Who knows? Who knows? <sighs> it's true. I mean, I drew nothing with any of the crayons that I ever had, so... But, anyway, speaking of school, Marcy, the wow. Summer Shore series... <laughs> what the fuck is this intro? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, what are you all trying to do? Right. It's, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like we're like trying to be edgy and everyone's like, um, <laughs> whoo, can y'all just continue with the episode? But yes, you were saying. Uh, it's true. <laughs> oh, yes. The summer short series has unfortunately come to an end. Damn. Labor Day is over. I know, right? Everything smells like pumpkin spice, much to everyone's chagrin. <laughs> but hey, hey, <laughs> the Color Pages Book Club is back and we today are going to be talking about marcy's pick yes yes so for those of you who've been like getting your lives these past couple months with our summer short series we're going to be going back to our regular format which is basically where Mm -hmm. you know we're going to be alternating between my and akko's book list and each book will basically do like kind of a part one and like a part two so similar format to the summer short series but yeah just back to our original form and this week we'll actually be reading dread nation by justina ireland so before we go into all the nitty gritty about Dread Nation, I'm going to give you all a little bit of context on Justina. So just really quickly, Ooh. Justina Ireland is a New York, Time, New York Times bestselling author mm, who has written a okay. number of, yeah, okay, we see you, Justina. And <laughs> she has written a number of young adult fantasy novels, and she's actually the former co-editor-in-chief of F-I-Y-A-H Literary Magazine of Black Speculative Fiction and has also won a World Fantasy Award. So basically, Justina, like, like knows her fiction. Like, she's really about that mm. shit. And like, uh, uh, Loki on her website, actually, it says that she writes books about dangerous girls. So... After seeing that, we were j- we we just we must we must right? <laughs> discuss. So <laughs> yes, I'm hella excited to talk about the book this week. It's true, and uh, it's like a super interesting book. I was like, dang, I was not expecting this. But Marcy, before yes. we get into that, mm-hmm. I have a question. Oh my god, uh, what's the question, girl? Lay it on me. <laughs> so, um, since we are reading about zombies. Oh, spoiler. We're reading about zombies. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, like, it's like about zombies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like oops. <laughs> right. My bad. Um, but I wanted to ask, what do you think is the worst place to be at the beginning of a zombie outbreak? And where would you say is the best place to be? Oh, my God. Okay. I have legitimately never thought about this ever. Um really so again these are just gonna be like just raw don't sister thoughts like i know aka you like wrote this question in advance and i just like just never just <laughs> i just didn't think about it at all um so i would say just off the cuff i feel like the worst place to be during a zombie apocalypse would be like just any kind of like closed space like i feel mm. like it's kind of the op- the the opposite of what you would expect from like just day-to-day life like you know for example some place like you know like your home would be like 
typically considered safe whereas like during a zombie apocalypse i'm like any kind of closed space like if that if a motherfucker gets inside you are done so it's just like i feel like the more open the space the better but then it's also like you have to be really like vigilant about your surroundings and like what's going on and like it's just yeah it's Mm. like and then if you like but if you're like outside and you like sleep outside then you're like hella vulnerable so like Right. Safety kits like may not be a thing, but like I guess from like a harm reduction point of view, I would say the worst place to be is like somewhere super closed off, like where like to leave would require like you to traverse a large like a place like a house or a building, just having to like traverse a lot or having to like possibly walk past or avoid a zombie to get out, like that's a lot. And I would say the best place is outside with the caveat of like maybe like (laughs) like Kind of similar to the question that you asked a couple a few episodes ago about like your ideal like RPG party or it was like something like that. Um, I feel like you would definitely need to be mm. like in a group setting because if you're just oh, like by yourself, it's like well, you, okay, right? Like if you have like a squad and like niggas can like post watch when people go to sleep and then like wake everyone up if like a zombie's coming, it's like I feel like right. that's ideal. Because then at least at that point, you can just, like, run the fuck away and just, like, do what you got to do. That's true. Yeah. But what if someone, like, in your squad gets bitten? Like, that's, then you got to kill your, and then it's, like, feelings. People yeah. get in their feelings because they're, like, I loved him or her. Or I love them. <laughs> and you're, like, okay, well, you know what? Uh, Becky, like, <laughs> John's a zombie now, so. <laughs> Susan. <laughs> like, we need to get the fuck out of here. Like, it's, like, yeah. Honestly, I feel like, I mean, that would probably make for, like, a gripping tale. But, yeah, like, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I would say, really, I mean, with any of the, I mean, let's just, let's just call a spade a spade. Like, I mean, in the zombie apocalypse, like, motherfuckers ain't living for, yeah. like, decades. It's really a bad, like, it's, Truly. this is the least sustainable shit. So it's like, it's really only a matter of time. Right. But if you want to live, I guess, slightly longer, like, just, like, <laughs> roll with your niggas and be outside and just, like, pray. I'm dead. Just pray. Hope. <laughs> Hope. Holy water? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? What do you think? So I, I have thought about this, which is, like, why but um i was watching this movie called (laughs) train to busan which is this famous korean movie where basically it's a train Mm -hmm. so what happens is this woman she's really like a young a young girl like like 17 like i would say there's like a zombie outbreak in the town and she gets bit and so she runs on the train which at first i was like lady you know you're down for the count like you know you're down wait she got bitten and then ran on the train onto the train and then the train door oh, shut. Shit. That I was like, this oh, movie. see that. See. Mm. <laughs> That's Marcy's like, like so I didn't even up. expect that. God right? damn. And I was like, mm. I was so mad because I was like, everyone in a zombie apocalypse when they get bit thinks that like they will somehow for some reason be the exception. Like, right? You got bit. We are. You're not. You're going to be a zombie. Don't, exactly. don't. Oh, let me get into the room because no one's going to notice. How? <laughs> no oh. So she gets on the train. <laughs> I cannot. So she gets on the train. And then, so I think a train is the best place unless someone on the train is a zombie. Then it's the literal worst place to be. Yeah. Well, a train or I'm just thinking because there's food in a train, like in a car, there's no food and like a plane, you're going to have to land eventually kind of thing. But I feel like a train, you just Mm -hmm. keep, you could go for like a long time and there's like, it's shitty food, but it's like food, you know? And then like, you're just keep going. But then again, Mm -hmm. I forget that there's also like those train traffic people. And if they're zombified, (laughs) that's a train crash right there. Yeah. So... Wait, so what happened to the... You're right. What happened to the... <laughs> so what happened... 
like you're, like you're, you're, you're going to like, die. Um, but like, what happened to the woman that got on the train? Did she like infect every bitch on the train? Yeah, I, that's the whole movie. Is like the train becoming infected with zombies. There's like a baseball team that have most of them get infected. And the, the story is actually about this like man who's like a negligent father and his daughter who he like has not been paying attention to but now is like needs to save her from this like zombie apocalypse and this like mm-hmm. ragtag team of like people that don't like each other at first but like there's zombies so like we're gonna like learn to get along right. for a while <laughs> it's like this whole movie and they're trying to get to busan which is this place in korea and it's the only safe place without zombies so like every train station they get to like everyone's been zombified so they like get off the train at one point and they're like are we good are we good like is the, the army here to save us and the army has been turned into zombies uh, no, they're, they're like <gasps> back on the train oh my god wait I, this is what I'm saying Yo! it's a good oh my god I'm sorry okay uh, we should put spoilers at the beginning of this because this is actually a really good movie and people should watch it and I feel like I've just like <laughs> gone and told the whole story shit oh my god wait that is actually wild wait so like terrifying i'm probably not gonna watch it so like i mean we already do spoilers wait so do, <laughs> like do they make it to where they need to go and like find sanctuary okay so here's here's the thing so it's the man it's his daughter there's this other couple and the wife's pregnant and he the guy she's with the husband is like this og like there's like one point when they're coming down from the train station and mm-hmm. like they think they see the army and mm-hmm. then they realize, so they're going, everyone's going down an escalator and they realize as they're going down the escalator that the army is zombies. Bruh. And <laughs> this man is like, ah, oh, hell no. Picks up his pregnant wife, lifts her over the like elevator onto the steps and is like, go, we're going back up. Every Like back up the stairs while other people are like trying to run back up the elevator. He's like, escalator. He's like, nah, bro, we're going this way. Holy so, like, shit. Uh, so basically it's them there's this i think it's a homeless man he gets killed but he was like not killed at the beginning and then the the last group in their posse the last two in their posse is like the baseball one of the baseball like team members didn't get zombified at first and then mm-hmm. the like team captain which is a girl and they're like in love or something they die too <laughs> i mean uh, i mean uh, <laughs> but whatever. oh but no the problem is is that there's like this like I don't know, like businessman who's like, I need to get to Busan. And he's just like mowing over. He's like Mm. sabotaging the plane to be like, I need. (laughs) Right. And like to the point, he's like the one that gets like that Romeo and Juliet couple killed just like on some like petty, petty shit. Like Mm. like, you really didn't have to do that. (laughs) Like you could have closed the door behind you. Like if you like just really. Like sis. Like like, like decorum. Like my God. Like I know we're dying, but like Jesus. Right. Like let's try. So everyone dies except for the little girl and the pregnant mom and they like get to busan and then like i guess it's fine but like nothing's ever fine in a zombie apocalypse you know wait there was like, a little girl yeah the daughter of the businessman who was like neglecting his child because oh, like, i'm who... a businessman <laughs> which is the one that was like 17 <laughs> no sorry there's like the main character guy is like 35 year old no, he's probably older than that. He's like a 45-year-old business mogul. Not the mm-hmm. guy who like screws everyone over. He like becomes okay. better over time and like so he's like the main character. And actually guys, if you are K-drama nerds from like the early 2000s, I guess, <laughs> um, he is the main character in Coffee Prince. So nobody oh. cared except for like me and like 20 people, but it's like a super <laughs> anime show whatever. Okay. So Well, <laughs> damn. That's my that opinion. is wow. That is that really went in a direction that I was not expecting, but I'm like very glad it went there. Like, holy shit. 
Um, <laughs> but yes, but let us take a little bit of a break and we're going to hit y'all with Dread Nation. Yes. As we said, we're going to be reading Dread Nation. So since this is historical fiction, we kind of want to build the world for you guys a little bit so you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So basically, the story takes place in this like alternative history where there's still the Civil War, but randomly, suddenly, at the end of the fighting, all the dead soldiers like rose from the graves. <laughs> literally and- <laughs> resurrected. <laughs> Yes, and then like started biting people and turning them into zombies, which in the story they call shamblers. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, they then have black and brown people enlisted (laughs) in these schools, (laughs) combat schools, to kill the zombies. Because even in historical fiction, I guess we are disposable. So before we start that, (laughs) shit. they're like, it's fall, it's dark. Anyway, but um, before we start on the main story, mm. here's like a quick character breakdown. So you just know who's along for the ride with y'all. Yes. So the first main character is this black teenage girl, and she is a student at Miss Preston's School of Combat for Negro Girls, which is one of the combat schools. And her mother is actually a rich plantation owner who had like a tendency to sleep with enslaved black folks while her husband was away fighting for the confederacy which is so you're kind of like oh just the messiest holy right. god what right it's like a mori episode but like in the past <laughs> but like, so like during like <laughs> like reconstruction right um, but yeah right an, an anti-bellum mori episode but right. anyway so her mother's like wanted to hide her forever and she she didn't want her to join the combat school but aunt Aggie, who was like the real one who saved her life when the midwife who like basically helped give birth to her was like oh but like a baby and like freaked out and tried to kill her <laughs> and Augie was like nah nah i'll save your life and then again she was like okay you need to go to this combat school so that's mm-hmm. jane yes. and then she has this i guess frenemy friend classmate named Catherine. never kate she hates kate Catherine, and she's very <laughs> light-skinned she could actually pass for white and she's somewhat snobbish in one sense, you would say, but in the other sense, like maybe it's actually like an envy of the higher station that like white women in the society has, which I guess you can kind of understand since she's like, but I literally look like y'all and I like do not have access. But mm. she's also like, sometimes just like, I don't know. You're like, Catherine, can you not? <laughs> just please. There's some hint that she like may have been born in a brothel or she used to work in a brothel. It's like unclear for now. You know, this is part one. Mm-hmm. And then there's... Mr. Redfern, and he's a stoic Lenape man who now works for the mayor, but has like a dark past. He was taken from his family at a young age and forced into a combat school. Redfern's not even his real name. He isn't a fan of Jane, but he and Ms. Duncan, like one of the teachers at Miss Preston's combat school, they like seem to be like a little partial to each other. Mm-hmm. Like they got, <laughs> they're in their feelings a little. Like, are they fucking? And like, so- that's really the question. <laughs> Like, are y'all fucking? What's up? <laughs> like, we, the like people need to know. <laughs> Shit. Right. Like, because <laughs> he's like, anyway, we'll get into it. He just, yes, he's a real stoic, except for when Ms. Duncan shows up. But anyway. Right. Then that so, motherfucker got um, a smile real big on his. Anyway, let me. Let, right. Continue, Akko. Let me just. <laughs> oh my God. 
Um, so along with them, it's Miss Preston, who's the headmaster of the school. Uh, Miss Anderson, who's one of the instructors at the combat school. She doesn't like black people in general, but she right. also is like has a particular vitriol for Jane. There's Miss Duncan, who's we you know. <clears throat> Anyway, but Ms. Duncan, she's actually pretty dope. Like, she's the instructor, but she's, like, not, no nonsense and, like, kind of fair. She doesn't really... Right. She's not, like, particularly an issue. And then there's Jackson, which is Jane's light-skinned troublemaking ex, who's always running around with some type of scam or a scheme or something. Yeah. Being, like, you know what it is, like, snatch your edges type boy. Right. Like, fine. just, like, always has, like, a toothpick in his mouth, like, smooth talking, like, this, just, like, right. this light-skinned motherfucker, <laughs> I swear to God. But, um, anyway. Right. <laughs> yes. So, those are the characters. And so, basically, yeah. So, to kind of, I guess, start off the book, basically, sort of like, like, like Akko mentioned, essentially, we're in this, like, post-Civil War period where there's these where there are these like zombies called shamblers that have been like low-key terrorizing mm. the actual fuck out of everybody involved um yeah and so basically the way that shamblers work is that like they're basically so yeah like they're like they're zombies and like if you're ever bitten by one then you like turn into one but the thing about shamblers that's interesting mm. is that like even if you're bitten in a way that's fatal like if you're like they like bite you on the neck or something like that and like you just like lose like you're just like fuck the fuck up like you can still <laughs> rise as a shampler. The only way right. to really get rid of them is if you like shoot them in the head, decapitate them, or like burn them. That's really the only sure right. way to get rid of them because otherwise, like, if a shampler kills you and people are just like, "Oh shit, that bitch got killed," and walk away, then like, yeah, that bitch is gonna be a shampler right. by the next day. <laughs> and so the thing is, so in the world, people used to think that. So when people become shamblers, they call it turning. So like that's. So right. like in the in the book they'll be like oh this person turned so like they like turned into a shambler, and in the past it was believed that like if you were bitten by a shambler it would like I think it was like it was like it would take like thirty minutes or like an hour or something for you to turn but like mm. more recently people have been realizing that like niggas turn like basically instantaneously it's like hella quick yeah. so. That's kind of the world that we live in. And so basically in this world, cities like in right now, the main city in question is, is Baltimore. That's like mm. the closest city to like Merce Preston School for Negro Girls. Like cities like Baltimore are like considered shambler free. So like inside the city gates, it's like fine. But then if you like go outside, then it's like considered dangerous. That's like, that's what the government is trying to tell you. So that's kind right. of like the context. And so essentially like Akko mentioned, there's like schools like Miss Preston School where for the most part, black youth around the age of 12 are like recruit, not recruited, but like forced <laughs> to these institutions. Right. <laughs> and they basically go through this like multi-year training period to like basically teach them how to like fight the zombies. And then for, I think it's for girls in particular, they can become something called attendants, which are basically like yeah. white women saviors, like dead ass. Like basically like they would like, yeah, they would be paired with a white woman and like protect said white woman from like shamblers. And like you, the idea is that right. you're supposed to like, it's like, an attendant is like an honorable position, but it's also like a sacrificial position. Like, cause you're mm. supposed to put everything on the line to protect white women. So yeah, that's where we are right now. Yeah. So basically, so Jane is at the school and um, the book kind of starts off with, you know, her in this like scythe wielding class where they're like learning how to like wield these scythes and shit. And the thing yeah. is like, Jane just in general is like very skilled in like all things combat. And she's also very cunning, very smart. Like she's very, equipped True. to do everything but like where she lacks is like in 
etiquette because they have like these etiquette classes and like basically like yeah fake as fuck miss anderson is like the teacher of like the the etiquette class she just like <laughs> she just does not see it for jane even slightly like literally like she just like has a thing out for her it's basically like jane at the very very beginning of the book had to have a meeting with i think it was with miss preston and miss anderson yeah. and come to find out that basically jane failed so get this shit right so miss anderson gives the class a test right so boom basically jane fails the test and so that was like the reason why they had the meeting come to find out miss anderson changed jane's test in particular yeah. to make it harder than everyone else's so that she would fail it was so petty so like i was like miss like, anderson like, miss anderson like you just hate ass motherfuckers like, i'm just like god damn like i know you hate black people but damn oh that's also another thing basically <laughs> so the school is all black but also pretty much all of the instructors and everyone else is yes. like are like white women and it's said that basically like yeah like, uh, most of these combat schools are for black kids because like i mean technically there are schools for like native children as well but like they're not as I, I think it was like in this region they're not as popular or like it was harder to get them off the ground something like that but basically they, they've like really yeah. honed in on like black youth in particular so basically long story short i think it was kind of like to parallel slavery like people tried to enslave native people yeah. but it like didn't work that well so they're mm. like oh we'll enslave black people yeah i think it's that kind of like parallel story but anyway keep going that's real yeah so basically miss preston's like jane so we all know you're a bad bitch like und- i mean maybe miss <laughs> anderson doesn't because she's she sucks but like we all right. know you like are lit but like mama i need you to pass these etiquette classes because if you don't right you'll fail which yikes mm. and jane was like yikes it's so basically jane's like okay i like actually <laughs> need to get my shit together the reason why this is so important is because basically while an attendant yes is supposed to be this like protector role for white women it's also like a right. kind of like a political respectability it's like a status status like symbol. a status kind of symbol as well so the thing is it's like you have to be able to like be in high society and go to those dinners mm. and you know moose with white people and if you can't then bitch <laughs> yo ass <laughs> is voice. grass so jane's like oh god i have to like literally like shuck and jive for white people whatever um so basically miss preston's like yeah girl so like there's like, gonna be like a lecture tonight in baltimore mm. that you need to go to because it was optional and jane at first was like because basically the lecture was all about it was like by this professor who like is like a specialist in like shambler studies and like jane was like i try to see this white bitch talk about shambler bitch i'm like i ain't got time for this bullshit and so basically miss preston was like you'll go or you'll be expelled and she was like you know what let me just let me get my bonnet <laughs> girl let me get my dress on <laughs> she was like let me get ready get my books in order shit so basically she's like i boom so we're gonna go to this lecture right so basically she like rushes to the lecture and also like kind of petty on miss presence and like basically they, this meeting was maybe at like five like they had to leave by like six so jane had to like run yeah. and eat and get dressed and do all this shit and like somehow be on fleek by six mm. i was like that's a lot but anyway so basically jane barely makes it <laughs> and she is in the so they take these like carriages to baltimore where the lecture is going to be right and so basically Jane's in a carriage with Catherine, who's like, yeah, like the light screen girl that like they're basically frenemies. Not really frenemies, more mm. like enemies <laughs> at the beginning. Right. Um, they're, they're, they're not friends at all. They're like super not <laughs> friends. Um, And Miss Duncan? I get the white yes. women confused. Okay. So Miss Duncan. So basically they're like. It wasn't Miss Anderson. Miss Anderson was like, I don't. <laughs> right. Miss <laughs> like, Anderson was like. After hours. Like forging tests and shit. Like I'm just like, girl, what the fuck? But anyway. So basically they're like <laughs> in this carriage and like Jane's like rolling her eyes the whole time. Cause like Catherine's just like light skinned and shady. And like also like Jane like stole Catherine's bonnet because like she didn't have enough time to get ready. That's true. And Catherine was like, is that my bonnet? And Jane's like, girl, can you, can you just shut, can you just leave <laughs> a bitch alone? Goddamn. Alone. Shit. So basically, so Jane's 
Jane's like over these niggas. So they're like, and so Catherine's like, you know, like lip syncing for her life, talking to Miss Duncan, kissing up, like, oh my god, like what a mm. fancy day that we're having, and like, oh the weather, like blah, 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 like whatever, like white adjacent <laughs> nonsense. And Jane's like, I ain't got time for this shit. So she's like looking out the window. At one point, she sees a shambler, which basically so the thing about shamblers is that like yes, they're zombies, but they look like people, right? So it's like right. she looks outside and she sees this like little girl this like blonde haired little girl who like had to be like maybe eight or nine years old who had like yellow eyes and like started like showing her teeth and like running after the carriage and was like creepy as fuck and it was like holy god and like basically that happened and they were like holy shit and the thing the reason why that was like scandalous was because it's like wait we're going to baltimore and technically baltimore shambler free so why the fuck right. is there a shambler here <laughs> can we can we make it make sense <laughs> And then come to find out also that basically so at the very beginning of the book when they were like in the scythe classes or whatever, there were these white women watching the class because presumably they were right. like trying to like find attendance. And th- something had gone on where like their carriage ride back, like they said they had like seen a shambler, something like that. So it's like, so it's starting to build that like shamblers are like low key a problem. Like this is like the right. whole shambler free thing. It's like, like, like it's really kind of a lie. free of shamblers. Like it seems kind of dangerous. I don't know, whatever. Right. So basically, yeah, so all this shit happens. They eventually make it to, oh, before they get to Baltimore, um, I think it was like Miss Duncan asked Jane, like, oh, like, where do you think the shamblers are coming from? Like, what do you think is the source of all of this? And so the thing about Jane is that, like, technically in the school, you're supposed to focus completely on combat. Like, you're not supposed to, like, write your family. You're not supposed to even be able to read. Like, you're supposed to just, like, focus everything on. Which, which sounds like slavery. It's like it is right? it is slavery basically um so and yeah so basically so the thing is like jane has to like literally hide from niggas that she's literate like r- like ridiculous shit like right that. and the thing is like jane also like because she's a rebel also like whenever she's like in society she always like carries like a revolver or something like under her dress and stuff because she's like even if you're going to some high society shit like if a shambler breaks through girl girl right. <laughs> we need something shit and so basically um so miss duncan asked her like oh where do you think the shamblers come from and Jane was like, well, I think it's kind of like basically like a microbacteria. Like, I think it's just kind of like spread that way. And so is, that is probably like what's causing all of this. Well, and she like read it somewhere. Yeah, too. she like read it in like some yeah. newspaper. And then like Miss Duncan, but especially Catherine, were looking at her like, wait, girl, you, wait, you, 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 you saying there's like small animals like infected niggas that don't make no sense she was like well they're not animals they're like it's more it's like a bacteria i mean yes technically they have like animalistic cells but they're like they're like microscopic and she's like wait animals you can't see like uh, what and like jane was like i am actually too educated for this so i just will not i'm actually not gonna deal with the shit so basically she's like girl whatever forget i even said anything and they were like yeah girl jane's so weird i'm like jane's educated (laughs) but anyway what were gonna say when I was reading that, I was like, yeah, I guess there's no penicillin. So, like, kids don't know about bacteria yet. And, like, I guess it does sound kind of crazy. It is kind of weird. Right? But. Yeah. Jane was still right, though, so. Do we know that Jane's right yet? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think it's been confirmed at this point that that's really the cause. But that's, like, whatever the oh, speculation yeah, has been. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, basically, yeah, so whatever. So, they make it to Baltimore. And they're like, okay, fuck, we're in Baltimore. Like, fuck it up. So, they get off the their carriage. Jane immediately runs into her light-skinned ex. And she's like, all these light-skinned <laughs> motherfuckers are ruining my life. So basically, like, Jackson rolls up and is like, hey, what, what was it? Like, Janie Wayne or like some, like, weird pet name. But she was like, she was like, please don't call yeah. me that. Like, oh, my God. Um, he's like, oh, my God. Like, my dear, like, is that really how you're supposed to treat your boy? Whatever. And, like, she was like, 
nigga, we am, we are barely friends. Like, what the fuck? Like, Zane is like <laughs> cutting this nigga down like like the whole time, but he's just like super into her. Like flirting and shit, trying to be smooth talking. He's wearing this like dapper ass outfit, and like Jane's like, this nigga low key sexy, but like I'm over it. Like I hate this bitch, but like he kind of fine low key. And so then Catherine right. from the cut swoops in and is like, <laughs> oh who's this? Like oh my god, like but like just like making it her business. It's like girl, can you not? Right. Because the T is you know you can't even read at fucking Miss Preston school, so like right. having a boyfriend is super not a thing and the thing is like even though they're not dating now it's like they used to date and so like that's kind of like scandalous and so like Catherine's low-key like okay so jane i know what the fuck you're doing so like i low-key have dirt on you but then jane was like oh wait Catherine, are you wearing a corset which is oh wait also prohibited weird <laughs> so guess we are even and Catherine's like I hate this bitch, but you're right. So we even try and go say shit. It was just like, boom. So that's kind of like how Baltimore begins. Right, right. So then since Catherine is wearing a corset, surprise, surprise, she cannot breathe. And yeah. she's struggling to keep up with the rest of the girls. I know, wild. And so Jane's like, okay, I will hang back with you because I'm just, you know, solidifying my blackmail. Like I've just, this is evidence in case. <laughs> So you are not breathing. Got it. Awesome. Bet. But <laughs> this Betty back and forth causes the two of them to like lag behind the classmates. So when they get to the door of the university, they're stopped by these really racist and sexist and generally annoying mm-hmm. guards who are like, um, blah, 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 blah. Insert sexism and racism here. And Jane's like, we literally <laughs> don't have time for this. We actually <laughs> don't have time for this. Like, like, and even if we had like all the time in the world, we like still wouldn't want to. We like super so. don't have time, but okay. This. <laughs> <laughs> like, so he, she's just like, oh, master, blah, 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 blah. I'm just going to like play dumb until you let us inside. And she's like, okay, move. So they get inside, which honestly I would have been like, you know what? No one's can say I didn't come. No right. one can say I didn't get into the carriage <laughs> and come all the way here. <laughs> so let me just wait out here. But Jane's a better person than me. So she Correct. and Catherine get inside. And um, basically, this presentation is literally a publicity stunt for the mayor. Oh, and it's about to get everyone killed. Like, oh, my God. So the professor that they've all come to see, this renowned scientist, is like, everyone, mm-hmm. I'm here to prove today that black and native peoples are immune to the virus, the Shambler virus. Well, first, like, Jane's, like, low-key, like, dancing in her head because she's right about the virus and the small bacteria. Like, he confirms mm-hmm. the theory as well. And so she's like, ha take that, Catherine. But then, of course, she, the joy does not last long because this man's like, black and native people are immune. And so, as you can see, it's not only a godly, but scientific to have them sacrifice themselves for our well-being. Also... Just real quick, let's not forget the part where he was like, yeah, they're immune because they're like subhuman. They're so close in relationship to animals. That's why they're immune in the same way that like a monkey is immune to becoming a shambler. It was some some wild shit. It It was was wild. Wild. Like shit. <laughs> You're like, um, excuse you. So I mean everyone in gathered and Jane are like, what the actual hell? So then he keeps like he goes on, he's like, Look, I can show you, but I brought all these survivalists here and survivalists are basically like this white political group who believes that shamblers are some like god plague and we have to protect all the white christian folks or something because hell froze over i don't know and i don't know girl. The, and he's like <laughs> right so it's tired. like some jesus christ petty petty politics right right <laughs> um and so so the professor's like all right so i am so sure of this that i have made a presentation for you all i have 
brought my black assistant, cough, cough, person I forced to be here named Othello. And I have also brought this cage of shamblers in here, this enclosed space with all of you. Now, Jane and Catherine are like, um, but we've literally seen black shamblers, so this makes negative sense. But the man's like, I mean, I'm just going to do it anyway. So Jane is like, okay, I clearly am the only (laughs) one with sense in all of Baltimore. And she stands up and she's like, um, so, sir. I'm sure that you're like super right about the Shambler thing, but like, what if you're not right? And everyone was like, <gasps> a Negro is speaking. And they're like, Jane, this is so wrong. And she's like, um, okay, but yeah. And then the, the professor's kind of like, well, you know, like I know your kind is like not very bright and easily frightened, but don't worry, this is going to work. And like Othello at this point is like, okay, wait, I actually also kind of agree with the girl who just yelled in the back and I like, yeah. also don't want to get bit. He's like, Othello, it's a fine. And he like makes Othello stick his hand in this cage and get bitten by shamblers. And guess what? Oh, no one's surprised. He turns. Awesome. Great. Uh, great. So at that point, amazing. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> at that point, like all the the the, the women and the sur- survivalists and everyone's just like yelling and trying to leave the room, which is like, okay, I'm sorry, y'all did not, yeah, whatever. Right. <laughs> they start running, and Jane's like, no, no, let me just and let me get my broom and just clean this all up. So she takes <sighs> out the gun, look which at, she look has at the labor of black women. My God, <laughs> that's Shit. what I'm saying. And she's like, quick snaps, kills Othello, kills the professor who's now been bitten, and of course, like the shamblers, of course, because like nothing can go right in this world, have like managed <laughs> to break loose from that cage that right. <laughs> the professor put them in, and is now she's so she gets one. And managed to take one down. But then another one is like coming for her and is about to get her. And then Mr. Redfern and his like a beautiful stoic like shonen like anime character self like walks in, kills him from the behind like a boss and then just like exits stage left for now. Also, sorry, really, really quickly. I low-key, yeah, no. I kind of cackled when this shit happened. So basically, so Jane's like literally taking no shamblers <laughs> left to right. Like mama has defeated at least four at this point. But like at one point, one of them jumped towards her, but she ran out of bullets. And so they kind of like. Were, right. So it was like going to be this whole thing. And then one of the attendants from the audience sh- tried to shoot the shambler, but missed. And mm. so like, and the attendant yeah. was next to the, the mayor's wife. And so like the shambler gets distracted, goes after their asses. But I'll tell you, the attendant and her friend dipped like, like the mayor's <laughs> yeah. wife was literally on the ground like, oh. Oh my God. The attendant, like, <laughs> like, she missed. She was like, well, girl, I tried, so I'm going to just get my shit and dip. So right. she took her shit and left. And so, like, Jane was like, I know these attendants did not just leave this woman <laughs> on the fucking ground. Are you kidding, like, are you kidding me? Because, like, it's like, Jane's not even an attendant yet. She's still a student. And yeah. she's, like, again, having she's to, like, school. do all this labor. And then that's when Mr. Redford came in and was just like, yeah, let's just let's take care of the shit real quick. Because Jane was about to get right. got, for real. Like, it was, not about about to, to get got. it was not about to be pretty. Yeah, it was over for her. So anyway, so they managed to, like, save the day. Well, I guess Jane does. And Catherine was supposed to be there, but, like, she was trying to, like, breathe. <laughs> so she, like, couldn't assist. Right. Because, of course, that wouldn't let her, like, help. What a Because Catherine's actually, like, the snipe shooter, right? Like, they're, like, she's the best snipe shooter. Catherine's, like, skilled, yeah. So the, the girls get back to, like, Miss Preston's school, and for some reason that no one can understand, Jane is in trouble for saving everyone's life. And, but then she, like, is there with Catherine, and, like, low-key throws Catherine under the bus, too. Is like, Catherine had a corset on. And they're like, well, that's equally bad. So I guess you both have court <laughs> duty for two weeks. <laughs> like, okay. Which is just, like, really disrespectful as fuck, but, like, also, I mean, right. dude, you gotta do this. <laughs> 
Right. I like don't understand like the penalty system in the school, but like, it's fine. So while the two of them are up early one morning, like scrubbing the floor, Jackson walks in, of course, and he's like, look, my sister Lily is missing. And he explains that he kind of like Jane's mom didn't want his sister to be forced to fight Chambler's. And, like, have to go to a combat school. So he mm-hmm. and Lily is actually can pass. So she's very light-skinned. And so she was staying with the Spencers, who is this white family who are egalitarian, basically, like, a rough equivalent of abolitionists. They, like, don't believe in all this racist bullshit. Mm-hmm. However, the whole family has gone missing. So that's creepy. But all their stuff is still at the house. So it's like, hmm, suspect. So Jackson's like, Jane, you're always down for a little adventure, a little illegality you want to help me figure out what's going on and jane's like uh mm. fine and then Catherine's like wait i want to come too and like literally no one knows why like it could be because <laughs> she's like mm, jackson's fine like that could be one reason it could be because she just i don't know maybe maybe Catherine's like i i don't really like this like image i've portrayed of myself like maybe i am a little down for adventure like maybe she's like the daphne you know what i mean like she looks like she's of type but actually she's like really down for an adventure oh shit that's actually you know? huh I see it. I see it. Right? So they like get to the house and they're like sneaking around Scooby-Doo style. And then they hear these voices coming into the house. It's nighttime, by the way. I think you probably knew that. But it was nighttime. And so, of course, they're all like, oh, we got to go into hiding. Oh, they're at the Spencer's house, by the way. So, yeah, like the house where like. Yes. Where Lily and the Spencer's and shit went went missing. They like snuck into there. And that's. Yeah. yeah. So they're like her verses. And we're like, fuck. (laughs) We have to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so like as they're hiding like probably behind a door like <laughs> literally as like these other three characters walk into the room it turns out it's mr rupert mr redfern and dun, 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 miss anderson which i mean honestly miss anderson's been hating as fuck this entire book so i was like it's true I mean, on brand <laughs> like, which, who was surprised was right <laughs> right right <laughs> so um yeah, so they're talking, the three of them, and they're like, we've been ordered to empty the house by the mayor. And it's like, oh, man, like, how far does this go? Like, the mayor. And, like, all three of them, Jane, Jackson, and Catherine, are like, oh, my God, duh, we figured out a mystery. Like, what's going on? But they can't say anything. And, of course, now it's super late, so Catherine and Jane have to head home. And Jackson's like, I can do this by myself. Like, I don't need you guys, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, all right, all right, whatever. It's like, okay, great. Oh, and then they kill some shamblers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they have to, like, fight some shamblers to get back. And it was also, like, just kind of wild because they were just, like, in the Spencer's house and then, like, they had to, like, hide underneath. It was, like, this hidden door, like, underground. It was just, like, yeah. hell scary. And they are like, yeah, we're about to get fucked up if they catch our asses. Holy shit. So, mm. basically, to kind of, I guess, wrap up part one. So, essentially, the next day, after, like, Jane and Catherine successfully make their way back to Miss Preston School for, you know, combat and shit, um, they come <laughs> to find out that they've actually been invited to go to the mayor's house again because like so back when you know jane yeah. saved everyone's life and like the, the white woman that was like on the floor like and was abandoned by her <laughs> attendants like that was right. his wife so the mayor's wife was like oh like right. she high key like heavy saved my life so let's just like invite them to this thing and they're like i bet and so miss preston tells them this but also mr redfern was there as well as miss anderson and they were supposed to like escort them to the event itself and mm. so jane and Catherine are like so Catherine is of course hyped she's like oh my god yo it's gonna be lit as shit she's like looking at a fashion magazine she's like yo like what the fuck is it like what is right. my like like uh, like i have to be on fleek like it's actually not an option <laughs> she was like i actually have to start on these motherfuckers meanwhile jane was like i actually don't want to go to this because like so the thing is right. so jane has this coin in her it's like it was a gift mm. from someone i think it was from was it her aunt oh my god i forget who it was from was it aunt augie i Maybe? i don't 
I don't think so. I feel like it was like a friend oh, so of hers. I don't know. It was some mm. basically. So when Jane was growing up on Rose Hill Plantation, someone it might have been Aunt Aggie, might have been someone else. We'll confirm by the next episode. Gave her this like penny thing that she like puts like was connected to a string and that she like wears as a necklace. And so Jane will often like touch that to determine like if she's like in danger or not. If the penny's cold, it's like you in danger, girl. You really like you really gotta figure this out. But if it's like a regular temperature, then it's kind of like okay, this is like fine. Penny's cold as ice. She's like, bitch, <laughs> I really don't want to do this shit. But she's like, okay, I guess I've been invited. Like, I can't not go to this, I guess. And so Jane, in her nervousness, was like, okay, I want to go, but I really want Miss Duncan to be there too. And they were right. like, fine, whatever, Miss Duncan can go. So basically, they're like getting ready, whatever, whatever. And the days before, Jackson somehow like sneaks into like the school when like, I guess Catherine and like Jane were hanging out and like looks just, just just fuck the fuck up like like the bitch looked right. like he got just like jumped by like 800 people and they're like <laughs> jackson what the fuck and basically because he just rolls up out of now it's like looking beat up and they're like what the hell so they're like yo what and he was just like yeah so i what like hike you? tried to like sneak onto the mayor's estate to like see if i could like find more shit about like my sister because basically like when they heard you know when they snuck into the spencer's house that like the mayor had ordered mr redfern mr rupert and miss anderson mr rupert also we don't know who that is yet when they've heard that the mayor had ordered them to like clear out the house he was like oh clearly the mayor's house has to have things so he tries to like sneak in Mm. gets caught and gets beat the fuck up so they're like what the fuck and so basically jan was like wow girl that is that is such a mess. I am so sorry that that has taken place. And then Catherine's thirsty ass is like, oh, we're actually going to the main state tomorrow. <laughs> we're actually going to be there, like, invited. So, like, you should, like, we actually might be able to, like, find things. And Jackson's like, oh, shit. And Jane's like, see, this is why I didn't want you is... to know because I knew you were going to be on that bullshit. So, basically, Jane's like, right. oh, I'm hurting cats. They're like, okay, whatever. So, like, Jane's like, I know this is going to lead to shenanigans, but anywho, but little did they know the shenanigans <laughs> were on a level that, like, no one really expected. Oh, my God. So, fast forward. They go to the dinner party. And so they go inside, and that's when, like, they roll in with, like, Miss Duncan and, like, Miss Anderson and, like, Mr. Redfern's there. That's when, like, Mr. Redfern and, like, Miss Duncan have this whole thing where it was, like, it's, right. it's a pleasure to meet you. And, like, and, like Mr. Redfern was, like, yeah, like, it's, like, so good to meet you. And then they was, like, are y'all going to fuck now <laughs> or in 20 minutes? Like, or... what is up? And so Jane's, like, shipping this the whole time. They, like, go inside, and basically, like, it's just, like, a regular, like, white-ass dinner party. Like, so basically, Jane, Catherine, Mr. Redfern, and, like, all the other attendants were, like, standing along the wall while they watched, like, people like, eat. <laughs> Which, what the Right. Fuck? I was like, did you not invite them to the dinner? Like, why are they... I, I, like, understand that this is, like, a racist society, but, like... D- it, you didn't invite them to dinner if they're working. Like, <laughs> that's not an invite. Like, that's like sh- can, sh- can I get a biscuit? Nothing. Like, shit. So basically... Right some gravy it's a, cornbread so it's a mess also jackson's there disguised as like a chef um and it was just like what the fuck so basically this is all happening whatever whatever they're like watching the dinner like jane's like wow like these white people i swear to god um and then at one point this like man who was sitting next to miss anderson actually started like turning like literally turning like eyes turning yellow yeah. like the bitch was literally like becoming a zombie and so jane's like trying to get like mr redfern's attention and be like hey girl um i don't know can we do a thing <laughs> but just... mr redfern hates jane and was like oh my god like oh bro like what do you want like da, da, da. also mr redfern hates jane because like he finds her arrogant and like irritating so that's really why it's so basically she's like whatever fuck this so jane takes a knife throws it across the room and kills the shambler on the spot because he was literally like a, he yeah. was literally lunging to miss anderson and about to do some shit 
And so basically this happens and like all the white people again have the audacity to be like, oh my God, I cannot believe that like Jane just like murdered someone at a dinner party. Like what right. the fuck? They're like no decorum. Like they like they were like mad at Jane. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, holy God. Anyway, I know I know racism is illogical, but I'm like, Miss Anderson, you were about to get got how is the how are you gasping with the disbelief that someone had the Thank nerve you. to like throw a knife to save your life? But whatever. To save your life. Then the mayor, here the, here the mayor go talking about, yeah, so um, I know someone has been killed, but like, you know, the party must go on. When I tell you niggas are like, oh, I have to, uh, I got to mow my cat, bitch. I got to go home. Like, motherfuckers were like, like oh, bitch, I left the fridge open. Like, they were like motherfuckers would come up with any reason to go home because they were like, I'm not about to stay here true. after someone turned the hell, which is also weird, too, because it's like, why is someone turning inside the city of Baltimore? It's supposed to be shambling free, mm. isn't it? Anyway. And in the mayor's house. Like, that's In the crazy. mayor's house house like what mm. so that was also just alarming to everyone involved it's so basically after all this happens like the party's like basically ending more or less jane like goes to the bathroom and then like jackson pulls her into this room because he like noticed that like there were some documents like it was like basically the mayor's like office and he like yeah. noticed some documents but like jackson can't read and so he was like jane i need you to like read these things and hopefully we can like find some information they were like that so they're like looking through there was like this document called summerland that they were starting they were like summerland like what is that and then basically at that exact moment miss anderson rolls up with mr redfern it's like oh summerland's actually this place in kansas that's like basically it's like a shambler free area and like she was like yeah like i think the two of you will get to know it really well and like started like this evil laugh and i was like i hate miss anderson so much mm-hmm. i was like when i tell you like if dude had just like made her a shambler, I'm like, that would have just been phenomenal. Right. But anyway, so basically Miss Anderson's like, the mayor wants to speak with you like super ominously. So they like go to the mayor's office and basically the mayor. So get this shit right. So the mayor explains that like, yeah, like Summerlands is like shambler free area in Kansas, like truly shambler free, not fake ass shambler free like Baltimore. And right. basically like they've been sending like girls from Miss Preston school there to keep it safe. But the thing is like a lot of these yeah. girls are like killed because like, it's like totally yep. just like this open land. It's like, it's really dangerous. And so basically like they're like, yeah, like, so we're actually going to send you there to like kind of keep us going. And then come to find out Miss Anderson and Miss Preston from her own mm. school were like, yeah, like sending you to, like, to Kansas. And it was just like, what the fuck? So like basically Ugh. none of the white people can be trusted. Maybe Miss Duncan unclear. And maybe, miss duncan i feel like i thought miss preston could be but no but then she just had to be racist so basically so that's this whole thing and then basically the mayor was talking about how like essentially the reason why this matters is because like america in its current state can't be saved he was like yeah we just need to start over in like a new place like the east coast is done girl we just gotta do something else and so basically like it's kind of assumed that like once summerland is like pop in like there will be a mass exodus sort of in that direction right also Catherine was weirdly roped into all of this um because they were like Catherine's actually too pretty and light-skinned to like be in attendance so she's actually gonna go to kansas with y'all it was like what the fuck so basically they're like forced to go to kansas the next day they're like thrown in this like train car and like spend multiple days like basically like like not even like in the in the actual seating part like with like the luggage like Right. underneath the train and like they're like occasionally let out to like pee and like eat and shit it's like really fucked up as they like get on the train or when they're about to leave like miss anderson has to like have the last laugh and basically like goes to jane because jane's been writing to her mom all the time she's been at the school and like miss anderson's just like by the way your mom has been writing back to you and i've been keeping the letters like oh Wah. yeah that's like, that's right yeah, because Jane was never getting responses, so she thought her mom was, like, dead or something. But she was like, yeah, like, I, yeah. she's like, just been holding your mom's 
Like not only was she holding her mom's responses, but like some of Jane's letters she had even like intercepted and never yeah. really sent. So basically Jane had been writing to like Miss Anderson and it was just like Jane was like, I'm yeah. gonna kill this bitch. Um <laughs> Yeah, Jane was like As the train she like was, leaves. No, she literally like like scre- she was like, I will murder you if and then the, the train door closed and they like they like left. <laughs> um so basically so they like make it to Kansas. They were, like, let out of their shackles. They were, like, in shackles and shit. Jackson immediately, like, molly whops, like, Mr. Redfern across the fucking face. Right. Tries to make a run for it. Which, but, of course, gets tackled and, like, beat the fuck up. And, like, Jane and Catherine were like, girl, this was so predictable, but whatever. <laughs> um, it's basically, like, Jackson's, like, detained. Like, put, like, literally, I think, in a cage. And they're taken to, like, the, I guess, like, the HBIC of Summerland. And basically, the bitch was yeah. like, yeah, like... So while you're here, you're going to be, like, basically keeping us safe, blah, blah, blah. And the thing is, like, so in Summerland, they're essentially going to be attendants, but, like, minus the white women. Like, they're just going to be, like, protecting whiteness. <laughs> and also, they're not right, allowed to have right. guns. So even though attendants can usually have guns, like, here they have to, like, have, like, close weapons, like, for, like, head-to-head combat, more or less. So things like scythes and shit because like that, why? which obviously makes it way more dangerous for them. And right. so basically, this is all explained. Jane on the fly was like, Oh, just kidding. Catherine's not black. She's white. And I'm her uh, 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 attendant. And they were like, oh. and even Catherine was like, oh. and she was like, wait, I actually can't. I can't, I can't be. She's like, bitch, I can't be wild because we got to we gotta sell this shit. And so basically they were like, oh, whatever. We're going to like take you to get like vaccinated because like before you start the job, you have to like get vaccinated. And so like Jane and Catherine are taken to like by this guy named Mr. G- Gideon? Gideon? Gideon, I think. Gideon. They're, like, taken to his lab to, like, get vaccinated. And basically, like, while he's there, he's like, okay, Catherine, we're going to, like, do a test to, like, see if you're white or not. And basically, like, he, like, measures her head and was like, oh, your head is, like, whitely sized. So I guess you're white. And it was just like, what the fuck? (laughs) You're a whole scientist. (laughs) So Jane ends up getting vaccinated and Catherine doesn't. To hear Mr. Gideon doesn't believe it, but he's like, honestly, I don't get paid enough. So if the sheriff wants that to be the test, like, fine. Right. Dang. All right, Mr. Gideon. He's like, fuck. So basically, Jane gets vaccinated, and the first part of the book basically ends with, like, Jane and Catherine were separated because, obviously, like, if there's a white woman and a black woman, they're not supposed to be in the same living quarters. So, like, Catherine was going to go to the church with all the white women, and Jane went with her because she's, like, her attendant, whatever. And so Catherine's kind of wild and was like, oh, my God, like, what are we going to do? Like, we're in Summerland. Like, what the fuck? Like, Jackson's been detained. Like, bitch, you got vaccinated with God only knows what. Apparently, I'm a, I'm a white woman. Like, I don't, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> right. And she was, and Jane was like, look, here's what we're going to do. And she tells a story about how, like, when she lived, back when she lived on the plantation, there was, like, this, like, rabbit that used to, like, eat all the crops and, like, was making everyone's lives, like, miserable. But then one day, the rabbit, right. like, got so fat that it actually fell for one of the traps that was set for it. And then they like ate it so basically jane's like we just gotta wait for them to make a mistake yeah and then we'll pounce so yeah so that's kind of how part one ends with jane being like yes we gonna get these motherfuckers just Mm. just wait they'll slip they'll slip so we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna get into our thoughts and feelings on dread nation yes back yes so thank you everyone for listening to our plot summary i will say it is kind of weird to like be doing books again like i'm so used to doing like short stories where it's like oh yes like this shit is 20 minutes but it's like oh this is a whole novel with like we summarize 20 chapters like that's 
wild. <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely interesting kind of getting back into that forum. But yeah, it's... I have a lot of feelings <laughs> about this book. Hmm. It's very... It's it was it was a very interesting read. I will say it's a very fascinating book. Very quick read. Very super yeah. interesting. Like it got you hooked like immediately. Quick. Yeah. And so like definitely super interesting. But like I guess like for me like the part that was kind of wild was that like I mean yeah like it's literally a story about zombies. Like it's like they're literally talking about zombies. But also like but like but like 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 white people would have done some shit like this if this was a thing, right? Like like the the idea of like right. there being these combat schools specifically for black and native youth and like it's somehow our job to like protect whiteness even though all of us are in fucking danger here. Like we were all being turned into shamblers. Cause the thing is like so I actually when I first started the book, it was unclear if like because whenever they would reference a shambler, they were usually white. So I thought that okay, maybe all the mm. shamblers are white, but then as you read the book further and further, you're like, oh no, any bitch can be a shambler. Any bitch can turn. No one's actually safe at all. This right. idea that like black and native people are somehow like immune or like slightly less vulnerable is just like convenient for whiteness, and it's just Not like a true. racist right. tool. So it's just like it's so interesting how like the logic of racism, like even though it's in something that like as kind of outlandish and like <laughs> like fictitious as like a zombie apocalypse, <laughs> like still holds. Like I'm like this still right would certainly happen so like i think that was for me definitely something that i was like wow holy shit holy oh my oh my oh my god this is wild (laughs) so yeah it's so weird that like in a story that is so fictitious as the dead rising from the ground the slavery part is still more absurd and that's what actually happened Mm. like this would have happened in the post antebellum south if zombies rose like there's no doubt in my mind that they would be like well Using a mixture of eugenics and Christianity, I guess we should. This is justifiable. Like, right? It kind of puts a bigger spotlight on how absurd racism and slavery was mm-hmm. when you like put it next to zombies, and you still come out looking more ridiculous. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like so real. And also, I just thought it was like so ironic that like, like you're literally teaching. It's like in yes, racism is what motivated these combat schools to even come into existence, but. At the same time, there was a zombie apocalypse. We are all being terrorized like a motherfucker by these zombies. Yet you're equipping black and native youth in particular with the skills and the training and the insight and the knowledge to survive in a way. I mean, yes, they're surviving to protect whiteness, but like the irony of like equipping the most oppressed people with guns and like combat training is like really really interesting and also relies on like an arrogance of like slavery yeah. that like for that to even make sense right it's like you rely yeah. on people or like slavery slash just genocide like just like people being so oppressed mentally being so like mentally limited in like their own sort of like in their own ability to i guess even like conceptualize a world that like they yeah. won't necessarily see like oh wait like i'm actually next to this white these all these white people with like guns and like all types of shit. Like I can really like I mean not saying it has to come to this, but I'm like, y'all should be favoring me right now. Like I should be the yeah, most respected person in the room. Right. Yeah. We could have a whole uprising, but like y'all are just arrogantly like, nah, they ain't gonna do shit. We good. So Right. Which is like so indicative of the time period too. I mean, granted, in the time period they're like you cannot teach black people to read and you cannot teach black people to have guns because that's exactly what they were afraid of. But yeah, it is this sort of like excessive sense of almost internal no not almost incredibly internalized 
concept that this very absurd thing is normal, right? Mm. Like <laughs> that's what it is. And I was actually listening to this man. He was talking about the South. He was like, "Yeah," because he was he was from the South, and he's like, "Definitely have some like racist parents, like racist ancestry." And he was like, "One of the things people don't really talk about is the fact that it was almost this sort of like." predatory comfort like this idea of our comfort Mm. over everything else which is you see reflected in this book right like jane they're like jane you killed a shambler at a dinner party and you're like yeah but there was a shambler and he was (laughs) gonna eat mrs anderson and they're like but a dinner party and you're like again there wouldn't be a dinner party if mrs anderson was eaten so i mean but fine no etiquette please i'm Mm. sorry i made you uncomfortable you know right or even like the whole thing with Adela, like it was just like it was a room full of people. Like it was like yeah. attendants on the walls, like these black men that were like scholars were like in front of the like Jane and their group and like all these people that like could have like gotten up and been like, Hey girl, maybe <laughs> not do this in front of a room of all these people like that maybe maybe I don't know, maybe just like don't have someone turn in front of us like that is just like a lot. Right. And the funny thing, the funny thing is that when the Shambler cage first came out, like when Othello pushed the cage out, all the white guys in the front row like took out their guns, like they were cocking their shit, and they were just like ready to go. And then like the professor was like, "Oh no, it's totally fine. Like you're totally safe. Like don't worry. Like everything's under control." And then they just like sat back down. And then somehow, yet somehow Jane speaking was more offensive right. than that. Jane being like, hey, let me say what literally everyone's thinking and being like, no, like, just like, don't <laughs> do this. Or like, if you're going to do this, maybe not do it in front of a room of people. Like that just seems kind of ridiculous. Right. Especially if this is like the first time you're ever doing this, like maybe not. But it's like, that was just so, that moment was so interesting to me. That And like, Catherine was trying to like pull on her dress to like have her sit down. And like, even right. like afterward, like when like Jane got in trouble, like Miss Preston was like, I can't believe that you brought your revolver with you like to a lecture. Right. And it was just like, bro, like, I feel like I always compare racism to like a purple elephant. It's like you're in a room and there's like a purple elephant. And like, it's like, okay, <laughs> I know we all see this elephant. And like, everyone's like walking around the elephant. Everyone's like ducking under the elephant. Bitches are literally getting like, like shat on by this elephant but no one's addressing it and it's just one of those things where it's like right. you you would rather sit here uncomfortably and just like pretend like everything's fine than like just address what is clearly not only taxing to both me and you but to like literally everyone in this room yeah. like it was funny because even when jane was talking like she was kind of losing her confidence at first but then she looked to the wall and one of the attendants that she used to know looked to her and like just yeah. gave her this like confirmatory nod like no nah, no nah, girl like like keep going and like so she kept speaking and even though it didn't really lead to anything it brings up such an interesting debate of like just morality the Mm. idea of like you know like that principle of like i forget what it's called in psychology but it's like when you see something horrible happening but you're in a group of people you feel less inclined to do something about it because you're like oh someone else is going to do something to address this right it's like that it's like yeah obviously this is like a one-on-one situation like if it was like one person the professor and then othello the person in the audience would be like bitch what the fuck but like somehow like being in a group full of people and like especially with like these like racial divisions like a super segregated room like even just optically all the black people in the back or on the side of the room it's just like all of these forces that are so humanly constructed is somehow more important than like yeah doing what's right and saying what's right and saying what needed to be said i'm like even though or being safe (laughs) yes just being safe (laughs) like holy god yeah so it's just like i it was just such an interesting moment of like wow y'all really are so and it was just funny because it's like jane 
What I love about things like this is I feel like we've talked about this a lot in the podcast and we're going to keep talking about it because it's important. But like how I mean, yes, oppression is real. It is. However, I feel like for a lot of people who are on the receiving end of it, you see the fallacy and the construction of it all. Jane is someone who is so Mm. far from like what's respectable that it's like she is allowed to be like, this is absurd. This makes no sense. Like, this decorum bullshit this racism nonsense all this shit about the combat schools and like even just like what the professor was saying about like oh like black people are so subhuman that like they're like monkeys basically that's why they're like abused blah 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 it's just like she doesn't have an investment in these systems that like everyone else does and so she's allowed to be like wait but actually you're wrong Mm, actually this doesn't make any sense Mm, actually i'm gonna do what is like not only right but just like logical just like be logical <laughs> and so it's just right it was one of those things where it's just like jane has like a certain freedom of thought and like ability to mm. move that like people just don't even though she's like still very much like oppressed by the society it's like that ability to just think and just be honest and just like be herself it's just like y'all just like don't even know what that's like right. someone like Catherine is so focused on decorum that she's like i'm gonna like I'm going to try to like make you not say these words that like just need to be, I don't know. It's just, it's such an interesting kind of, yeah. Depiction of like yeah. the freedom that can come from being framed or seen in a certain way, which obviously has a lot of disadvantage, but it's like, that is something that like can be a, like a factor of that experience. So that's yeah. true. I think that's a really good point, Marcy. Like Jane is oppressed, but is she more oppressed than people sitting around a dinner table? Literally who will risk being turned into a sh- mm. like Miss Anderson, Miss Anderson, like you know what a shambler looks like. Correct. The thing that's blinding you from knowing that this is a shambler is decorum. Yes. Like it is decorum to the point of killing you. And that is wild, but also accurate, right? Like that mm-hmm. is how social constructs build in our society. And it kind of makes you wonder, or it makes you like kind of picture in a different way. Like maybe the disease here. I mean, it's zombies, but also the disease <laughs> is oppression, right? It gets into mm. <laughs> like there are still zombies, but like right, and it gets into your head, and it almost is kind of like a zombie infection, right? Because yeah. you start infecting other people, and you start acting a certain way, and kind of dehumanizing, eating others, but also like your conscious mind kind of deteriorates, right? Because you are seeing these people as subhuman and doing things mm-hmm. that are like absurd, <laughs> right? So it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I also like it's interesting like the way they played with old school science and religion using being used to justify racism which mm. has parallels in like the Absolutely. real world like we have the Tuskegee experiments, we have Henrietta Lacks, mm-hmm. like the whole field of gynecology if nobody knew was like <laughs> literally worked out on the black female body like mm-hmm. wow. So and that's still today by the way everyone if you were wondering like the medical field in black bodies is like oh. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. So, <laughs> yeah. I was like, you yeah. know the origins. Great. Awesome. Perfect. It, <laughs> it's like, and, and that's just like another note in this book where it's just like, wow, this is too real. real. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like some bitch has said some shit like that before. Like, oh, like right. the size of someone's head is like what determines their race. Like all these like ridiculous yeah, things. Was real. Just like, what? It's like, that it was a thing. Like that is. <laughs> That was a thing. Yeah. And so it's just like, yeah, like it's, I like that it frames science. Cause like, you know, science is supposed to be like this like objective thing. Like it's just no objective. Like it's just like absolute principles. It's like, I mean, but also science is something that's recognized by people. 
and like has been used to weaponize like biases that exist Mm -hmm. in society and so like also that just to keep in mind and it's just like yeah like it makes it even more insidious like all of this shit when it's like you have some bitch who is like oh like i'm a doctor and i'm saying this shit it's just like oh but then you you got eaten by shambler like minutes later because you were dumb (laughs) you were dumb (laughs) like so you're not a doctor anymore yeah guess you're not i also i kind of wanted to hear your your take on the light skin aspect of the story because at first i was like hmm this story seems kind of like a lot of like all oh, the light-skinned people are beautiful, and that seems like mm. what are we doing here? But then I kind of kept thinking about it, and I was like, you know, though, in a one-drop society like which America was, right? We're different from like Brazil, which had a different history, and South Africa, which had a different. They have stagnated color schemes, mm-hmm. but in America, it's like a one-drop rule. Being light-skinned actually has its own differently than now has its like. I mean, I, I guess now too, but has its like really really shitty situation where it's like they were mad at Catherine because they were like actually mm. i think someone might like you better than me and my female ego will shatter if, if there's any possibility that i'm not like the most beautiful <laughs> person in the room and you threaten that your physical body threatens that very shallow honestly like the way we talk about like fragile masculinity it's like fragile femininity right like that mm. your beauty has to be based on this like degradation of like the black female body and and the sense that like this woman could surpass me and it's i mean there's like a complicated conversation here about like sexism and in a patriarchal world and mm-hmm. agency but like still like being light-skinned and passing at that time was not necessarily yeah <laughs> it might not help you catherine still had to get on that train is all I mean, I'm saying. <laughs> catherine was in the end of the day at 6 a.m mom was getting on the train so <laughs> it changed nothing so. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's so real. I mean, yeah, I mean, at first it was like very much like, oh, like Catherine's like pretty and light skinned, and like Jackson's like smooth talking and light skinned. It was just like, we're all just light skinned and perfect and beautiful and shit. But it's like, but it actually, yeah, it's like this thing of like. It didn't matter. Yeah, that's the thing. It didn't really matter at the end of the day. And even there was a, there were moments where like, for example, at the, at the dinner party, I remember Catherine. Like, so basically before they transitioned into the actual dinner party portion, they were just like kind of like chilling, whatever. Mm. And basically it was like, I guess, decorum for like men and women to walk in in pairs. So like people would pair up and like walk into the room together. And this white guy came up to Catherine to be like, oh, hey, like blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, oh, like I'm actually one of, I'm here with the attendants, da, da, da. And then he kind of like looked embarrassed and then quickly like grabbed a white woman and like went away. And it's just like, it's like this weird thing of it's like you... It's like I understand Catherine a bit more because it's like you were in such close proximity to like whiteness, but like that's not useless. Yeah. It's like almost in a way, I mean, I'm not going to say it's better or worse, but it's one of those things where it's like it's just an interesting experience of like it's like you still are oppressed by this racial structure. It's like someone's dangling like candy in front of you. Yeah. Like, oh, like you're so close, but like just kidding. It's like you're, it's, you're always never going to be good enough. And it's one of those things right. where it's like where someone like Jane, it's like, Oh, well, bitch, no one would have ever come to, to me and do some shit like that anyway, so it's anyway, fine. And so right. it's, like, it's like this complication of, like, I'm still mm-hmm. racially subjugated, but at the same time, I'm it's like I'm being almost haunted or, like, taunted. It's like I'm being taunted in this, like, taunted. Yeah. way of, like, I can sometimes pass, but sometimes not. It kind of just depends on who I'm with. Like, it's like you, you don't really even have confidence of, like, if you really if people even really buy it, even if you are passing, you're like, is someone right. going to know? And if also someone does find out, I'm fucked because it's like, there's nothing worse yeah. than like, you know, realizing that like, I just right. treated a black person with humanity. You know, it's like, 
it's mm. like this tightrope of like, holy shit, like this is like this is specific. This is like a really terrifying yes. yeah. way to navigate the world. Cause it's it would be one thing if it's like you're light skinned, but like clearly like most people will still identify as black, but like to be light skinned, but also like but on that board on that tightrope, it's like Mm. Oh, it's like you really got to navigate yeah. with caution. So it's just, I, and I liked how it was like, it wasn't framed as necessarily like, oh, this is better, this is worse. It's like this is just Catherine's right. experience. It's very specific, and it's like, and it kind of yeah. complicates the narrative of like, oh yeah, being light skinned is always just like advantageous, amazing thing. It's like, yeah, in some ways it comes in handy, but it's also like it, it's like a beast in itself. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. So I, I enjoyed how yeah. it was kind of like, I mean, and yeah, I always like joke about like, oh, like you know, Jackson's just light skinned, just smooth talking, but like you know, it, but it truly is kind of like it's kind of a, it's like a motherfucker in this book. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. It's like I, I I'm really glad that you brought that up for sure. It was it was interesting. I was like, dang, this even for me made me like think and really mm-hmm. be like, fuck. Like, yeah, like, this, uh, oh my God. Nobody no. really. Everything was a short straw. Like everything yeah. was the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I guess kind of a little bit of a of a pivot. Well, actually, one more thing before we pivot. I also just yeah. really really quickly wanted to talk about how I also just loved how like. Because I feel like oftentimes when we talk about slavery, like, and like, even like when I talk about like people who were enslaved, like I always try to be specific and be like, oh, like people that were enslaved, like, you know, I don't like to say, oh, slaves, blah, blah, blah. Because I feel like we often just like, will group, it's like even just like that word almost validates the structure right, in a sense. Is exactly. So I try to just like make it more of a, this is a thing that happened to people versus this is who people were. And even in that, I feel like oftentimes like we will right. say like, oh, like all people that were enslaved felt this way or like, there's just like a lack of complexity of right. thought sometimes. Like it's like, oh, like people weren't really allowed to necessarily, it's like, it's like the go-to assumptions, like people weren't really allowed to think another way or like they never knew another life. And so their like their worldview was right. like smaller in a sense. And it's like, and I like that in this book, like there is, um, there's actually a character named, we didn't talk about her in the plot summary, but her name was Rachel. Yeah. So there was a character, her name was Rachel. And when Jane still lived in the plantation, she was very much like, like a uncle ruckus truly. Like she was just like really capable yeah. for slavery. Like she was just like, yeah, like, you know, black people, you know, they just act crazy. And like, you know, we, like white man can't even keep us under control. Cause we just niggas and we just crazy. It was just like, Oh my right. God. Like what, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> but at the same, right? Cause like Rachel was apparently like Jane's mom's, I guess husband's like favorite like she was like a favorite and so that's why she was like really in, right. like, really caping for whiteness and meanwhile you have someone like Jane who's like this is all bullshit this is all social construction this is ridiculous I don't give a fuck about like this is so absurd and like I and like and feels offended when people like the professor say like oh black people are so subhuman that's why they're immune to like the mm. zombie apocalypse right it's like it's like you have such diversity of thought and personhood and like agency within people who've had like a largely sort of similar societal experience i liked how that was showcased um just so it wasn't like again sort of this thing of like oh well like you know people just like i mean they were enslaved so yeah it was just whatever it's just like no like there were motherfuckers like jay who were like we will not yeah let's like there were multiple uprising attempts and okay right it didn't go well but that's precisely why they like took right. away people's guns and like wouldn't let people read because there were at the amount of times people fight like how many times there were stories where people like finally got out and they like slick dipped and then the, the yep. owners were like but but aunt i thought you loved us and you're like why on earth would she love you you soldier 
killed her husband. That makes no sense. I also think that, like, if this is your whole life, like, Rachel is clearly caping for the master a little bit or a lot. But, like, if this is your whole life, in an oppressed society, people will find the advantages that they can. So, like, we forget, like, we know now that slavery is going to end. But for Rachel, Mm. slavery does not end for her. So if you put yourself in that situation, you're going to find where you get, like advantages and when that advantage goes away you're going to be upset because this is your whole life right so i was like that made me hurt me but it's also like true right and then it also made me think at the same time on the flip side like to be white in this structurally racist society like makes you Mm -hmm. complacent but then also like you know like the spencers are like trying they're like egalitarian they're hiding lily but like how much can you do you can do a lot like they're abolitionists but like Mm -hmm how much can you do you know and then it makes me think of like the present like we're complicit as americans and like so many things you know what i mean like Mm. it's just so like this is again not to like give anyone a pass even ourselves right but like it is to say that like you don't realize how big structures are and like (laughs) they're big like they're like the whole thing Mm -hmm. and so it's like when you think about it that way you're like oh jesus like for congress to like go out and make a mandate to like that then trickles down to kids going to combat schools and Mm -hmm. native kids being taken from their homes like that's that's a structure like that's policy coming down that's crazy anyway it just made me think of the bread of the things and i was like this is kind of wild no that's yeah Ugh. Yeah, that hindsight does mm. allow me to be like, wow, Rachel was really caping for yeah. the master. But it's also like, yeah, I mean, Rachel, foreseeably, this is the only life that she knew. And even Never though, sure, have. like slavery, like, quote unquote, ended in her life, it didn't. Like things, were, you know, like right. it's like they like their lives are still the same. And so it's just one of those things where it's like, that's, it's like almost in some ways convenient to buy in because it's like okay like, right it's right because like, it's like at least i can like feel like get where i can get mine and like right yeah it makes it it makes it easier <laughs> it makes you less angry because like if the if the status quo is going to be the status quo i mean girl might as well get in line so it's just kind of a, like right. wow like this is like really like a level of humanity that like i like did not offer to rachel initially but like wow this is like really complicated what i thought about her huh it like makes the tragedy worse you know what i mean like you don't even get yeah. to aspire and you're like, oh, come mm. on. Like, and like, then it fuck. really makes you wonder. Right. And then it really makes you wonder if decorum and comfort is worth it. It's like, no, your comfort isn't worth the aspir, not only the physical yeah. body, but the mental aspirations of a whole group of mm. people. Like, then, don't you think you're asking Shit. too much? Like, no, that's anyway. so real. Damn. That's who. Marcy, wow. I have a question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. <I'm... laughs> no, you're good. What's um, up? <laughs> what does it mean that like both the white people and the people of color can turn into zombies like what does it mean that everyone can turn into a zombie is it just like mm. you know what everyone's social structures and social constructs don't matter in the face of like biology and the fact that like as much as nobody apparently wants to admit it we are all humans and that's just what it is or is there like what if it had been changed like what if only one group of people could turn like what do you think that would do mm. I that's such an interesting question because I feel like I think on the surface, it points to the the idea that you that you hinted at is like kind of what the symbolism behind this is. It's like anyone mm. can turn, 
girl. And once you turn, it doesn't fucking matter. None of these social constructions matter. When Othello turned, he killed that professor like it was nothing, even though it would have been inconceivable to do some shit like that Mm. when he was alive. And so it's like, it kind of points to just like, how at the end of the day, like, I mean, I I really don't want to be like, oh my God, like, we're just one human race. Like, we're all human. Like, I don't want to, like, do that, like, all lives matter bullshit. But, like, it, I think it does point to sort of the fallacy of this racial subjugation. It's like you're relying right. on an assumption that, like, literal, like, phenomenons by nature are telling you are not true. Like, you, like, yeah. according to yeah. the way you think, only one type of person should be... Like there should be a person mm. that's like a type of person that's naturally immune. There should be like only one type of right. person that turns, but like that's not the case. Anyone can turn, and once they turn, bitch, they don't give a fuck about like if you're white, if you're like anything, whatever. It's like they're like meat, great. Like just like they're like bitch, you could be a horse. <laughs> Horses weren't even safe. Horses had to be like replaced. That's like, true. It was just like it's like they don't give a fuck. And so I think it's like I think uh. that's sort of the symbolism behind it. But I think it's interesting what would have happened had it been like only white people turn versus if only people of color Mm. turned. Because I feel like if it was only white people that turned, I feel like the effort would be on a thousand. Like, there would be ten times as many goddamn combat schools because they're like, we have to protect our whiteness. (laughs) But, like, and honestly, even then, it probably would have been more integrated honestly like you probably would have seen more a lot more oh. like, like i feel like there because the thing is like white people in this world yes technically can go to the combat schools but it's like jane right. notes it's very different choosing to be there versus like being forced to be there by law and so i think you would have seen this kind of like much more racial integration in these schools and i feel like with that might have actually come maybe a more like slightly more racial harmony in some ways like because mm. it's like we're in this together to i guess save yeah white people that's the other thing well think about like if only y'all can turn like that shifts the power dynamic yeah it does be like i mean we're gonna go over there which is shambler filled Mm -hmm. and um hang out and if y'all want to come oh that would be difficult for you wouldn't you know what i mean like there would be no reason because right now oh yeah you're right you know what i'm saying yeah Yeah. because then because if only white people turned even if there were people of color in the combat schools they can never turn they're never going to be in yeah well i guess it would depend on like if you could just go you would leave right i'm gonna what they say atlanta was all shambler you could just go to atlanta and be fine because then i guess technically i guess it would depend on the dynamic of if shamblers could turn only white people but could kill anybody or if it was like they only targeted and they only killed and they only turned white people if it was only if all of their violence was directed towards other white people it would completely change the game girl justina i don't know if you're listening but like maybe make it a short (laughs) story because i would i would read it right i would love to see what would happen in that case because that would be so interesting because then at that point it would have to flip because then it's like yeah sure like whatever like historically we've been oppressed by you but like you bitches need us and the thing is that we choose not to like you can't have an uprising by people of color and also be being hunted by shamblers something's gonna have to give that's true that's too much that's so (laughs) it would have to be yeah like it would definitely turn it into something at least more equitable maybe not completely but like something better right granted i think if it was more if it was like only people of color could turn and then like if that dynamic was flipped I think it would be, it would be, uh, I mean. But then maybe, maybe (laughs) the idea would be like, oh, we can't have more shamblers, so we actually can't send you out there. 
You know what I mean? Like, Maybe. By sending you out there, we get more shambling. I don't know. But then I think I people would just be profiled. Like, I think it would just become genocide. They're like, oh, we just kill all of them. There'll be oh, nobody. Oh, no. I feel like that's what would happen. You're right. I feel like they oh, would just God. be like, well, if you're not alive, then you can never turn into a shambler because you just aren't alive anymore. Yeah. So I feel like it would be yeah. worse. Way, way, way worse <laughs> if it was only people Ooh. of color. Um, And it would just fuel racism to like, it ridiculous. Because then it would become like, oh, yeah. like, they only got infected because they're subhuman. But it would be yeah heinous it would be a justification (laughs) exactly yeah what do you think i think i i wanted to believe mine but i i think it's true i think if it was just white people who could turn then their power shift would like cause either i don't know if they would the society would still be the way it is but definitely cause a shift that maybe people are uncomfortable with you know but it would still be a shift Mm -hmm. and i i agree with you if only pocs could be turned i think it would just be genocide murder so yeah so there's there's that um we've been talking for a long time really quickly though yeah one last point i do want to say that like bro can we just quickly talk about the villains in this book when i tell you these niggas are like on some marvel shit like it's like some actual cartoon character (laughs) it's like these people are so evil but like in a way that's like literally cartoonish like the mayor was like, like when like they roll up on like Jane and Jackson in the office and like Miss Anderson's like the mayor wants it's to true. see you now. It's just like girl like come what on. Happening? What the fuck? Like being so OD. Anderson's like, like ah, let me just throw these letters at you and then like walks right. out. You're like oh my god Miss Anderson. Twirls like, her mustache and leaves and I'm just like bro damn. you're being so aggy like I swear to god like it's like so I, I do uh, hope that in much. this second half of the book it is a bit like villainy is a bit more complicated like it's less mm. like oh we're just evil to be evil and we're racist it's like yeah like i mean you're racist and evil absolutely. yeah but like like can we get like a splash of like maybe not with everybody but like with somebody just be like okay like you're still evil right. and terrible but like maybe here's like slightly more of a like okay like i can kind of like almost not understand but like somewhat i could i understand See, your motives a little bit more yeah. i guess if i'm going to offer you that yeah i guess i just wonder like and i will never know because we didn't live back then but like in a system that that is that messed up like is everyone just messed up like you know what i mean i want to believe yeah. that's not true but that is is that just me in the present being like i know people now are not that well that's not true either but <laughs> you well, know what i mean like sure. is that me just one right like we're kind of still the same as we were back then but i don't know i kind of want to believe that's Oh, well, whatever. Do you want to do our predictions? <laughs> yeah, let's do our predictions real quick. <laughs> <For the next laughs> book. Yeah. Do you want to start or do you want me to go? I can go. I, I Mine are pretty quick. I don't want there to be, but I think there's going to be like a love triangle situation with like Jackson oh, and girl. Jane and this Mr. Gideon character. Oh, God. Sure like, he's good or bad. We don't know what's up with Mr. Gideon yet, but um, or maybe Catherine. I mean, I'm hoping Catherine and Jane just like end up being lovers that they like put their like frenemy yes. status behind them. But like, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I also think Mr. Redfern has his only like secret come up plan. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I hope Miss Duncan makes like an appearance and she's like, actually, I'm an egalitarian fighting for good. And you're like, oh, Miss Duncan, I knew you were a real one. Like, thank you. Right. Oh, thank God. <laughs> A white we can trust. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> right? Like, uh, Miss Duncan, thank you. I also think maybe Jane will be like, because she, you know, she reads. She, she has books. <laughs> she right. seems to understand this bacteria stuff. Maybe she's like the key to finding a cure or something. But mm. I don't know. Zombie stories are usually pretty, pretty negative in the end. So hopefully we'll see what happens. Yeah. That's real. 
I guess for me, I think Mr. Gideon will probably be egalitarian, like on the slick and either join our band of heroes or like be crucial at some point and like, I don't know, help them escape or something from Summerland. I feel like Jane is eventually going to reunite with her mom, but I feel like she's going to like, or be like just like, she's going to like get to the point where she could see her mom, but like, it's going to be like too late. Like she's going to be like, not... I don't know, like, the mom's going to, like, have, like, escaped or died or something. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be kind of tragic what happens to her mom. I also mm, feel like Lily and the Spencers are going to come back and, like, be part of whatever happens. I, basically, more or less, there's a lot of tension brewing, and I feel like there's going to be an uprising of sorts. Motherfuckers going to oh. be like, we're not caping for this shit anymore. So I feel like there's going to be a whole riot. It's going to be like, wow, look at what y'all caused. It's like, we had a whole zombie apocalypse. Instead of working together, we just, right. like created more divisions and then mm. look at y'all just doubly attacked so i feel like that's gonna happen i feel <sighs> like the mayor and miss preston are gonna get theirs miss anderson's gonna get hers i feel like they're gonna like jane's gonna come <sighs> back and cap all three of them motherfuckers um <laughs> jackson will probably die at some point because like i don't know i feel like that's like, no, kind of his, like jackson trajectory it's like oh like we were like lovers and now we hate each other and then like i like showed my like humanity at the very end and like decided to be oh. like a decent person at the end you know like you know, like you know men love being decent when it's too late um, <laughs> but anyway, like, let, me, let me not even go to that. But um, that's that's Marcy's yeah, quote for the day. Man, Marcy's quote for the day. Um, yeah. So there's so there's that. I think this week we'll, we can skip the quotes and just jump into our usual outro. Um, unless yeah, there's something else that you wanted okay. to talk about before we before we wrap up. No, that's it. Okay, great. Well, in that case, thank you all for listening again. I know it's like so weird doing like a whole book again. Like it's like definitely (laughs) just for the two of us. But if you want to get in touch with us, feel free to reach out to us via email at thesecoloredpages at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter at The Colored Pages. And we also have a website at thesecoloredpages.com. And also check out our Lit Notes section. It's a new part of our website where we basically, it's kind of like, our version of spark notes more or less basically like what we do with the podcast but just written down sort of like our thoughts and feelings as we read the book sort of like in real time or the short stories whatever it is and so yes. yeah definitely check those out because they're just hilarious ridiculous they're just ridiculous so please read them but yeah but Akko, is there anything else that we should leave our listeners with before we head out well, I mean, I know this was a little bit of a <laughs> a downer, <laughs> zombies. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 you know, stay happy, stay positive, And until we see you again, just remember to stay, stay colorful. colorful.